Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast, episode number 49. I'm Ross, and as always, from denverstiffs.com, Nate Timmons is here. Oh, what's up, Ross? My phone's ringing off the hook. NBA free agency's going nuts. People of the interwebs, how you doing on this wonderful Wednesday? I got to make one request, Ross. We what's should that? play hip-hop on every show where we go NBA heavy, man. Oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's figure that out. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, today, we have a lot Back to talk burner. about. Uh, a couple great, great guests coming up on the episode this week. J.A. Sherman from the Oklahoma City Thunder blog. Welcome to LoudCity.com is going to be uh, on later via the Colorado Sports Guys hotline. And we're also going to have from that same hotline, Tim Allen from the Minnesota Timberwolves blog, CanisHoopus.com. Can I make a home improvement joke there? Or is that played out? <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, you I'm should sure do that. Out, yeah. I'm sure you haven't heard that before. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Good for you. Today, uh, uh, we have a lot to talk about. I already said that. Um, we're going to talk about the Nuggets. Yeah. Of course. Um, yeah. This is a, kind of like a, lately just a Nuggets podcast. Yeah. Woo, Nuggets. Yeah. You love it. You love it. Uh, we're also going to talk briefly about <laughs> Peyton Manning and uh, the Buick uh, sponsorship that he has going on. But before we do all that, let's remind everybody to get to Facebook. You're, you're listening to this right now. You're on a phone. You're at a computer. Just go there and click like, please. Why, why is this so hard? He's begging you now. Just folks. do it, guys. Come on. <laughs> don't be ridiculous. Just go hit like. I, I, I don't know why. Just do it, and we'll all keep uh, enjoying this podcast. Hmm? All right? Well, I think the, Let's just the wait, main wait, reason, Wait, wait, wait. Though, wait, Tim. Let's just wait for everybody to do that. Keep waiting. All right, perfect. Everybody did that. I was going to say the main reason to like us is so that you can interact with us on there. You'll get updates to our, our uh, zany stories. Yeah. And our podcast updates. Zany stories we have none of, actually. So yeah. you won't get that, but you can fire fun stuff back at us, which is what it's all about. Yeah. I don't really care. I don't, just just click like. Just do it. You like all the other dumb stuff. Like us, too. <laughs> <laughs> Email us. Show at ColoradoSportsGuys.com. Follow us on Twitter at C-O-L-O SportsGuys. Over 300 now? We have over 300 uh, uh, Twitter followers now? Uh, we're getting close to it. I Very think. close. All right. Help us I get there. I don't know there. what that means, if that's good or bad. So I don't know either. <laughs> Call us and leave a message. 720-722-1274. 720-722-1274. We're available on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, and you can find links to all this stuff at www.coloradosportsguys.com. And actually, you know what? If you just go there, you can click like and follow us on Twitter and Facebook there. You know, Perfect. Do anything. You're probably already doing that. So what's up, Timmons? Uh, how you doing, buddy? Um, anything going on with you you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, dude. Hello. Let's catch up, huh? We got uh, Summer League starting this weekend in wonderful Las Vegas. I will be out there. I'll be credentialed through the NBA to uh, hopefully get some interviews with the Nuggets, maybe their uh, opposing teams as well. There's going to be a any rookie you can imagine, every rookie is going to be out there playing. Nuggets announced this week that Avon Fournier will be there. Quincy Miller, of course, on the team. Kenneth Fareed, Jordan Hamilton, Julian Stone. So it should be a good time. And there's always a lot of general managers, coaches, and players in the stands hanging out and doing whatever. I, I saw that, uh, I don't know if you'd retweeted it or not, but I saw Evan Fournier had uh, tweeted about being happy about being with the Nuggets. Yeah, he signed his contract today. Today is the first day players could sign with their teams as free agents. Yeah, so that's cool. And uh, I also saw he spelled league, L-I-G-U-E. Yep, he's got a little bit to learn on the old English side of things, but that's all right. I'll tell you what I'm more excited about, though, for Vegas, man, is uh, sure, Summer League is going to be fun. It's going to be great, but I'm staying at the MGM Grand where they have a lazy river. I was. I think I should have probably been born in a lazy river. Like that's just you know everything I love about a lazy river. I will be in there all weekend. Just are you saying you just go with the flow? Just go with the flow. You just kind of you're in this, you know, just kind of floating around. It's wonderful. Yeah. You know, you're in this hundred degree weather, peeing on yourself. Hopefully, you have a pina colada in your hand and you're just enjoying a great time. Very good. So that'll be fun. And I'm also planning on becoming a millionaire because I'm going to gamble my face off. You are. 
Yes. What is it? What's your game of choice? Uh, I'd like a little blackjack. Blackjack. That's sure. about all I really know how to play. I love to probably play craps, but I have no clue how that game's played. I feel like craps is a lot, a lot of promise. You just envision people just out there partying, having a good time, throwing. Everybody's kind of playing together in a way because you're all betting on the pass line and people are throwing and throwing and not crapping out and everybody's pumped up. But for the most part, when, I, when I've been at a craps table, it's just depressing. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, God. The odds are against us after all. And I've heard a couple of crazy stories. I had uh, one buddy on my bachelor party trip I was on was up about two grand, coughed it all up. And then uh, recently, another one of my friends was up about $28,000 and coughed all that back up. So that had to be a good time. That's how they get you. Said he was averaging $2,000 hands, which wow. is, whoa. <laughs> good for him. That's crazy. That's and congratulations. A little, yeah. Very good, man. Vegas this weekend. Summer League. Summer League, Vegas. I'm there. Ross, what's up with you, dude? What you been up to? Not much. I mean, I spent so much time over the past couple of weeks complaining about the heat, and we got this beautiful reprieve over the weekend with the rain and all that, and so oh, yeah. I'm feeling just great. I'm just in a great mood today. Yeah, it feels like I'm we're... I'm in a good mood. Like we're back to normal, right? We're ah. getting this, this cooler weather in sunny Colorado. Ah, it's beautiful. Oh, I'm, man. Just, I'm just happy to be here in this state right now. Yeah? I'm just happy. You're not on fire. It's good. No, man. I'm good, man. I'm feeling good. I, I, I don't know. I don't have any complaints or rants or. Was it Hillary Duff? I don't know who that was. The let the rain come down or let the rain fall down. Could be. I think you're right. You're kind of there. You're just zen. Just, I'm, ex- I, I'm exactly like Hillary Duff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whoever sang that song, you're just enjoying a good time. Is she the one with the shoulders and she married the hockey guy and. I have no idea. Is that who that is? She's been in some like cheesy movies. She's also a singer, kind yeah. of a short little blonde. She oh. may have dyed her hair brunette for some film. You know, we talk about movies all the time. All the time. TV. I'm a fan. I don't watch TV, right? I watch yeah. it through the internet. I'm a 21st On demand century, guy. 21st century man. Breaking Bad's coming back. Dude, Sunday. I just heard about this, and I looked for it today. Is it really this Sunday, Sunday. that it comes back? Sunday. Yeah. Why isn't it on the TV guide? Did I miss it? I don't know. I don't think people use TV guides anymore, so not sure what I'm you're talking about. Not the paper guide. I'm talking about the cable oh. TV guide. I'm trying to record the setup on On Demand, and I don't even see it listed on Sunday. I don't know, man. It's you're this Sunday, though. I believe it's this Sunday. The 15th. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Pretty excited. Man. Mr. White. I don't know. chemistry, bitch. <laughs> I can't I wait to see Jesse Pinkman again. Oh, I love Pinkman. He's, He's the, the greatest, one of the greatest characters ever on television. Yes, and I go back and I watch all old, the old episodes all the time. Such a great, great, great show. Best show ever. It's right up there with The Sopranos. Uh, it's Brian Cranston, right? Yeah, Brian Cranston. And he's, I mean, talk about, he's a pretty rangy actor. He he's goes amazing. from playing the, the goofy dad on Malcolm in the Middle to this character, which yeah. is like, I don't know. There's a commonality between the two shows. One, for some reason, Brian Cranston just wants to walk around in uh, tidy whitey BVDs. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've seen that guy in yeah. tidy whitey BVDs so much. I, it's all right. He's, man, he, the guy's got a great body. You know? What are you going to say? <laughs> yeah, he pulls it off. Yeah. He's got sure. Not, not, not too much upper inner thigh hair, but not too little. I'm talking this guy hasn't seen the inside of a tanning bed <laughs> or the outside of the sunlight in years. Oh, yeah. That great. creamy white skin. <laughs> I'm excited. Breaking Bad is the best show ever. It's a fantastic it show. It's so good. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't wait. I do it. Uh, I buy it through Amazon. So every... You know, I buy the season pass, and it's about two bucks an episode, so I get to watch it the day after. So that's what I'm going to be doing next Monday. I think if you paid two bucks, you get to watch it like a day before. That'd be sweet. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. I took your uh, took your advice over the weekend. Uh, actually, no, last night I watched um, Let the Right One In. Was that your recommendation or Jeff's? I think Jeff brought that up, but I had seen it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was pretty good. I watched the, the foreign version. Mm-hmm. I don't know what country it even was swedish swedish sweden or norway <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember something like that yeah it was pretty good yeah that was all right give it like a three and a half out of five stars three and a half out of five. yeah that's cool yeah it was all right yeah little vampire flick none of the other ones you didn't watch the other ones uh, i haven't gotten to yet i have troll Ride hunter the, uh, i saw the devil you didn't watch that one no uh i have i have the list still 
I have a troll hunter I put in the instant queue, and I haven't quite looked up. Uh, I saw the devil yet, but I really want to see that one. Just, just get ready. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. I'm plowing through, uh, plowing through Workaholics on TV. You ever watch that show? Oh, yeah. I love it. It's a touch this season. The, the, I watched the first episode from this season. Didn't like it, and so I haven't watched any more since then. But the first season I loved. Yeah, the first couple great. seasons were fantastic. This one, they're a little – getting a little typecast and a little too um, – I don't know what you would call it, like uh, like a caricature of themselves or something where they're only like really one or two of the traits that they used to have. This, this has uh, happened on Friends and Seinfeld where – you know, Joey on Friends used to be a very well-rounded character. Elaine on Seinfeld used to be very well-rounded. And then Elaine, you know, Joey grew into this just dumb idiot who was a complete moron, which he wasn't when you. the show started. Elaine, you know, grew into this uh, very critical, bitchy person, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of what this is getting into now with Workaholics, you know? So I'm, Only after one season. Wow. I think You're this is season, it to I think this is season three. Oh, is it? Yeah. But I'm just saying that not comparing it to those great shows, just uh, – and the yes, I am calling it Friends a great show. I love Friends. Yeah. Uh, people seem embarrassed to say they like Friends. I love like it. Friends. I've always liked it. I'm sorry. I will watch Jennifer Aniston in a shirt without a bra for half hour a week for the rest of my life. And it gets a little dusty every once in a while when uh, you know Jennifer Aniston and Ross finally hook up. Mm-hmm. He's just sitting in the bar waiting. She comes to the door or vice versa, actually. She's in the bar. Yeah, he comes up. Man, gets me. Gets. Well, I, <laughs> but, just, I just couldn't figure out why they couldn't work it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, they did eventually, right? Did they? I yeah, know. I think they got married at the end. Oh, good for them. So, spoiler alert: <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen the most popular show ever for freaking, uh, you know, whatever. Friends, watch Friends. it. Yeah, DVR it. There we go. Good All job. Right, man. Good. It's good podcast. Yeah, good podcast. Uh, <laughs> good podcast, guys. So. It's again. Uh, this is turning into a Nuggets podcast. Yeah, um, which is fine. I, I don't care. Got my Nuggets hat on. Um, of course you do. Of course you do. Um, what, what's there to talk about now? Uh, we already discussed the draft and free agency. Are we going to talk about Andre Miller uh, resigning for an hour? Uh, yeah, it was cool. I saw the video of him resigning his contract today with Masai Ujiri, who was not in a suit. By the way, yeah, I thought that was funny. Like, hey, in case you ever want to see him. Wearing street clothes, look at oh. this, and it's like, whoa! It's the same guy wearing basketball shorts and yeah. a t-shirt, and it's, I, I feel like Looks Nugget, weird, though. Nuggets fans are just like, whoa! Look at him. He's, was he's it was, such a, he's in such good shape? Look it was at like him. it was like the season where Nene came back from his shaved head and had braids in. You're just like, whoa! What's happening here? So yeah, I think that anybody could have predicted that. He's trash. It's one of those I mean, diehard uh, fan things. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Nuggets, man. Here we go. Today is the, uh, was the official day to sign contracts. Denver Nuggets signed Andre Miller as expected. Uh, supposedly a three-year deal. Nobody knows what the money situation is because it hasn't been reported. People have been speculating it's in between $3 million and $5 million. Whatever, Andre Miller's back. He's a backup point guard. He's going to play a lot of minutes, whatever. Uh, the real story, Von Fournier signs a contract with the Nuggets today meaning that he will not be returning to France next season. He will either be with the Nuggets or in the developmental league, but no matter which one of those two, he automatically counts as a roster spot, so he brings the Nuggets roster total to 14. After October 26th, you're only allowed to have 15 active players on the roster. Uh, Of course, the Nuggets still have not signed JaVale McGee, and Quincy Miller has also not signed a contract with the team as of yet. So, fourteen players, room for one more, and they are got they, two guys to bring back. Are they going to get rid of somebody else? Something has to be done. I think uh, Quincy Miller, of course, the second round pick, taken thirty eighth overall. Something's going to have to be done to make sure that he gets onto the roster. I believe the Nuggets could not sign him to a contract and retain his rights for a year. I don't know. It's it's kind of confusing. I think the Nuggets might have to extend him a contract, uh, and then he could not turn choose to not sign it, and then they'd retain his rights for a year. But they have to figure out some way to get rid of somebody. And I was talking with uh, Jeff Morton today. We were trying to speculate, figure out who they're going to get rid of, and here's kind of what it boils down to for uh, you Nuggets fans out there. As of today, there's seven days to amnesty a player that was under contract under the old CBA. 
meaning your two candidates would be Al Harrington and Chris Anderson. Not quite sure the Nuggets are going to buy out anybody because it hasn't been in their blood to pay guys not to play. Wait, Chris Anderson's still on the team? Yes, that's kind of what... I had no idea. Yeah, so... How much would it cost them to buy out the Birdman? Uh, so about $9 million bucks. Oh, my God. He's got two years <laughs> and about $9 million left. So <laughs> the Nuggets could use the amnesty on Birdman, which means they'd have to pay him not to play. They'd have How to pay him... How ridiculous is the business of the NBA? They'd have to pay him the full oh. amount of his contract, and then he would be free to uh, sign with another team or just... <laughs> sure, I'm sure they're beating down the door <laughs> on his... Or just live out the rest of his addict. life in Castle Rock. Oh. So Larkspur. The, it's Larkspur. It's... Larkspur, yeah. So the most likely thing there is the Nuggets are probably not going to buy either guy out. I have a hard time Nine believing. $9 million to buy out Birdman? Yeah. When yeah. that guy didn't play from like February 1st for the rest of the season. Right. So I was oh, you know, talking with Andrew. God, why? I should have taken it more seriously. Yeah. You know, devoting my life to becoming an NBA player. <laughs> These know, guys right? are robbing. Robbing. I mean, they, that guy has whatever. So who else? Kenneth so Farid? No, Al Harrington. So they well, could how be, much does it cost to buy him out? Oh god, a lot more than Chris Jeez. Anderson. Jeez, be about uh, right now. I think about twenty-one million bucks oh, or something like that. These so guys, they're not going to do what that. What a great also. time to be an NBA player. We were talking last week. You just average player seven to eleven million. Yeah, a year. I mean. That's crazy. That is crazy. It's good if you're. In what the about league. okay? So do you and you don't know who, what uh, Evan Fournier signed for? We don't know that. Well, yeah, you kind of know because it's based off the rookie deal. So he's making probably just a a couple of pennies more than a million bucks a year, which is crazy, right? I mean, is that what the uh, CBA did? It just yeah, there's it's protects all the guys that have been in the league for a while, and then all the guys that were still in college don't get to vote, so <laughs> they get there. Yeah, I mean, they have the rookie contracts. You know, you're set up on a pay scale depending on where you're drafted. So, you know, the Nuggets are going to have to get rid of somebody. Like I'm saying, they could use the amnesty clause. They have seven days from today to do that. I don't think that they'll probably use it because, again, the Nuggets' style hasn't been to buy guys out, to pay guys to go away. They kind of let guys play out their contracts. So I think Chris Anderson, Al Harrington could very well be on the team next year. But if they had to choose, obviously Birdman's the guy you buy out there. Well, you got to just do it. Bite the bullet and get rid of him. Oh, I mean, and can, they, they can't possibly trade him, can they? I mean, I th is he I basically that, a useless NBA player? I mean, we had heard rumors that he was on the trade block last year, and then it came out that he was indeed on the trade block. And, you know, they I'm sure they would have taken anything for him last year and they got nothing. So I don't see why that would change now. And I don't see I, I just don't see why he's on the team. Give him nine million dollars. Let him go away. It makes no sense not to do that. Well, that's one of those big one of the big differences between the NFL and the NBA is that you can just cut a guy and you don't have to pay him. Anymore. Yeah. And they should figure that out in the NBA somehow. And they always can make up with it. You know, through signing bonuses and and so forth, but this concept of you are worthless to a team. Yet, I mean, I get it. He's got a contract. Fine, he, good for him. Uh, at the very least, he's fine, and he's probably sleeping very snugly at night. In yeah, his Larkspur child porn den. So after uh, after <laughs> seven, I, I don't believe he's a child porn guy. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah, he had to. Yeah, whatever. It's okay. I'm, I, so I'm if they don't say. use the uh, the amnesty clause, they have seven days. If that passes, then the next option to clear up roster space is to look at the guys that don't have guaranteed contracts, non-guaranteed contracts. Two players on the roster that fit that, Julian Stone and Timothy Mozgov. So the Nuggets could, before October 26th, essentially waive one of those two guys to clear up a roster spot for either JaVale McGee or Quincy Miller. I don't really see that as a possibility because Julian Stone's been working out here all summer with the coaching staff, with uh, his teammates. I think that the Nuggets like him as a third point guard well, for now and perhaps a backup. What he's doing is he's putting in his work, earning his spot so he can get that $40 million contract. <laughs> yep. And then he's good. And then he can <laughs> suck again next year and there's nothing anybody can do about it. I tell you what's happening. This is what's happening. Masai Ujiri and Josh Kroenke 
are just going through the basement of the Pepsi Center, right? And they're figuring out, you know, the boxes of merchandise. And they're like, well, how many of these uh, Mohawk wigs do we have or Mohawk hats? <laughs> like, well, we got about 50,000 of them. It's like, all right, let's keep Birdman around then for another oh, yeah. season because we got to sell these things at 18 bucks a pop. Yeah, how much are we selling those so for? 18. Raise it to 26. Simmons, how many Mozgov Militia T-shirts do you have left in the basement? <laughs> how many? It's all easy. <laughs> and should you go and make a – you should call them a sign and be like, dude, I'll give you these for a quarter apiece. Just keep yeah. them around for a season. Yeah. So I mean, you look at you look at that. They have uh, Stone or Mozgov, and if um, before I believe it's September sixth, they have to offer Quincy Miller a contract, or he could become a uh, free agent. So it's kind of a mess. I don't know what they're going to do if they don't get rid of Birdman via amnesty, and if they don't waive either Stone or Mozgov, which I don't really see happening. Maybe Julian Stone gets waived. Maybe um, the only other option to open up a roster spot for Quincy Miller would be via trade. So yeah, could we package Birdman in a trade with somebody else just to dump that? Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to take Birdman, really, unless you gave up something great like Danilo Gallinari, which is never going to happen. Which they should do immediately. They should trade Fournier. Oh, wait, they just signed him. <laughs> they should get rid of that guy. That guy's going to be nothing to us. He's going to do absolutely nothing. I'll tell you this right now. Let's just keep this. this uh, it's a July eleventh, two 2012. Ross Martin just said, Evan Fournier will do nothing. I hope just for the sake of having this on record that he goes on to be a Hall of Fame player. Hey, if he, awesome. if he's with the Nuggets, I would be obviously much happier if that happened. But I, it's my spidey sense. Yeah. We, we, oh, okay. We got to get a French player in here to turn it around. Well, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. That's likely. Stay tuned to Denver Stiffs for uh, more on <laughs> Evan Fournier and his, his background story. But uh, – <laughs> I don't, oh, I don't know. are you doing a piece? Um, well, you know, Ross, I'm not the only guy that writes there. Oh, somebody so, else is doing a piece? Somebody, somebody might be doing a little bit of work on the Von Fournier as we speak. But oh, yeah, he and Vincent Castle used to do, like, uh, breakdance fighting together. Yes, I think so. Mm-hmm. So some interesting stuff going on with the Nuggets. Maybe, you know, a lot of fans thinking that they're perhaps gearing up for a trade because of the roster situation. Um, so we'll find out. You know, Summer League is next week. They have five games in Vegas, and then um, – Training camp after that, a couple months later. Before we uh, wrap this segment up and talk to J.A. Sherman from WelcomeToLoudCity.com, the Oklahoma City Thunder blog, has anything happened with Dwight Howard? Did he end up going to L.A. or wherever? Uh, Twitter has now deemed this the Dwight Mayor, if you like that term. Good one. I just call it like the never-ending story. It's just I, I, don't, I don't even want to pay attention to it. Nothing has happened with Dwight. The Nets pulled out of talks today because they re-signed Brooke Lopez – uh, this Ooh. awful player he got a max contract, so he's making four years, sixty-one million dollars. Ross Martin, and this, you haven't even heard of this guy. I, 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 again, I haven't, but I don't really like sports. Yeah. Do I follow them, but he's terrible. <laughs> but no, but uh, you know, nobody was talking about. I mean, when Peyton Manning was on the block, nobody knew really, and then it was rumor, and we sat here and we, I dismissed it. I said I don't even want to talk about Peyton Manning coming here because I don't have the heart to get my hopes up and then have them squashed. Yeah. And then a couple of days later it got real. He came here and then I predicted, yeah, he's on the team two weeks later. Of course he is. Could that be, is, is Masai Ujiri? Everybody always says Masai Ujiri does all of his deals in secret. No, it doesn't. There's no leaks. He gets them done. And then you have your, your, your guys coming here. So is it possible? Is there anything, uh, Jeff Morton said last week Dwight Howard could come here because we actually have the money to pay him, and you know we get rid of some of these guys. And what do you think? Yeah, I mean the you, Nuggets. You don't want to talk about it, like you just want to stay out of it for real, or no? The, I'm just so sick of the the Nets and Dwight Howard back and forth. It's just crazy. Basically, the the known players for Dwight Howard are the Atlanta Hawks, um, the New Jersey Nets, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Houston Rockets. So could the Nuggets be involved in this? Yeah, of course they could. I'm sure Masai has had, you know, some contact with Orlando's general manager. I'm sure they've had some kind of talks from I don't know who would have initiated it, Denver or Orlando, but I mean talk about just doing your homework. I'm sure a phone call has taken place. I'm sure something's been discussed. Would Dwight Howard drastically change the hopes of the Denver Nuggets team for next year? Uh, a funny argument I heard recently was that you can't play Dwight Howard at the end of games because he can't shoot free throws. 
Uh, when was the last time that Shaquille O'Neal, you know, was pulled off the court at the end of games? Never. When was the last time that Wilt Chamberlain was pulled off the court? Never. You know, I mean, these big guys that were dominant that couldn't shoot free throws are still guys that are going to be able to win championships for a team. So if Dwight Howard did come here, if he did change his tune and decided that he would stay here, because I'm sure the Nuggets would want some kind of assurance other than a rental for him. But yeah, if he came to the Nuggets, depending on what Denver gave up, if they were able to keep a couple of their key guys here, yeah, automatically title contenders with Dwight Howard. No question. Beautiful. You heard it first. Nate Timmons just said, Dwight Howard's coming to Denver. <laughs> He'll be here. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> cool. All right, take a break. We'll come back. Uh, what time? Oh, yeah, we, we should we should do this. Let's get over there. We're, uh, when we come back, we're going to have Jay Sherman. Uh, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder blogger. Welcome to Loud City! Um, yeah, welcome to loudcity.com. I want to ask him about uh, if there's talk around Oklahoma City about the fact that the Thunder is a loud noise, and they used to be the Sonics, and that was a loud noise. And if anybody ever talks about that, then I, I was not familiar with welcome to loudcity.com, but it seems like it might as well be loud noises. The Oklahoma City loud noises and the Seattle lot, like maybe they know that already. Yeah, it's a fantastic site, Ross. You should read it. <laughs> Best Thunder blog out there. Well, I'm sure I'll never read it. Who cares about the Thunder? <laughs> Hopefully, arrival the Nuggets. <laughs> we'll be talking to a JA and as well as Tim Allen from the Timberwolves. Just Can't wait kidding. to hear some of this stuff. As promised from uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder blog, we are welcome to loudcity.com. It's an SB Nation blog, just like uh, our friends over at Denver Stiffs. And uh, we got J.A. Sherman on the line. You can Twitter him at WTLCJA. Thank you so much for uh, coming on our show today. How you doing, man? Hey, guys. It's a real pleasure to be here. I'm doing all right, and I'm really looking forward to talking to you guys. Dude, are you uh, in Oklahoma City? I am not. I am actually on the East Coast, which puts me pretty far away from the, uh, the Oklahoma City fan base, but I, I try to, to do the best I can out here in New Jersey. Awesome. So, well, tell you know, tell us a little bit. We always try and find out how people, like, get into this. How, you know, obviously, Oklahoma City, uh, you know, is a huge sports market, and Welcome to LoudCity.com is a huge Thunder uh, blog. How did you get into it? You know, uh, are you from the area? Just tell us a little bit about how you got into blogging for the Thunder. Sure thing. It, it actually is, is really sort of a random kind of story. Uh, I, I've been a fan of the NBA for quite some time, going back to about 1986. And uh, I had always uh, followed the league pretty closely. And a couple of my friends got into the blogging uh, business, uh, so to speak, uh, one of which is Jeff Clark, who runs the, uh, the Celtics blog for SB Nation, which is a very big site. And uh, he's a very close friend of mine. He always encouraged me to give it a try, but I never really knew uh, how I wanted to do it or where I should start. So uh, about two years ago, I just decided, you know, it's, it's now or never. I'm just going to give it a try and see what happens. And so I started my own little site in the dark corner of the Internet. And uh, I just randomly picked the Thunder because it looked like they were under covered from a, uh, a media standpoint, and they were an up-and-coming team. And I just said, I'm just going to write about these guys for a year, and I'll just see how I like it. And uh, as it turns out, they uh, they were starting to blow up last season, and uh, the, the Welcome to Laos City guys recruited me to join their, their team. And so I transitioned from my, my private site over to the, uh, the SB Nation site, and uh, that's what I've been doing ever since. Awesome. Where are you, So uh, where are your roots then? Um are you are you from Boston then? No, I actually grew up in in New York, and uh, I back in the eighties. Really, you were only allowed to have to, to follow a one of maybe three or four teams. You could follow the Knicks, the Celtics, the Lakers, or maybe the Seventy Sixers or something like that. Yeah, you know, as a national concern. And so I just randomly said, "Well, I'm going to be a Celtics fan." I was only about ten years old at the time, and Larry Bird seemed like the kind of guy that you want to root for. So uh, so I got into the Celtics for a while, and then uh, Air Jordan came along and shook me to my, my foundation, and I became a Bulls fan for the uh, the majority of the 90s. And uh, since then, uh, 
I was sort of a uh, man without a, a, la- a homeland uh, for the next 10 years, just kind of following the league, enjoying all the different storylines and whatnot. And so my random choice of, of deciding to write about the Thunder is really sort of my reintroduction to, to following a team closely, rooting for a team closely, and uh, becoming sort of emotionally attached to their, their success. So Sherman, your story differs from mine a little bit. I, of course, write for uh, the Nuggets site, Denver Stiffs. I grew up in Colorado. I was, I've been a Nuggets fan for as long as I can remember. You kind of don't have that same story leading into it, but like you just said, you do have an emotional investment in the team now. Have you found yourself becoming a fan of the Thunder because you write about them, and will you continue to care about them, I guess, as long as you're doing this site? Yeah, and and you know, and it's probably you know true Oklahoma City fans. You know, the residents that live there are very passionate about their their hometown sports, and I'm, I'm sure I'm always going to be seen as a bit of an outsider from that perspective, um, because I I come more from an, a fan of the NBA standpoint and just really loving the game and and loving how the the storylines progress from season to season, and uh, the Thunder have an outstanding storyline. Uh, you know, even though it, it, seems, it seems to have arisen through some some nefarious means, having the the team getting taken away from the Supersonics and, and being relocated, um, it's just got a very compelling storyline. It's got very interesting players who um, sort of embody the, uh, the the hardworking ethos that we often want to find in, in the the players that we cheer for. And so I've developed an emotional attachment just to following them every single day, writing about them every single day, and uh, and just seeing how the storyline unfolds. You know, we have in Denver, we have George Carl, of course, former coach of the Supersonics. He still has you know ties to basketball. He still wants to see it in Seattle. Is there any kind of – what's the feeling from the fans of Oklahoma City? Do they have any kind of apologetic feeling towards Seattle? Do they not really – it wasn't really their fault. They showed that they were good fans with, you know, the New Orleans Hornets who came and played there for, you know, while Hurricane Katrina was going on or the aftermath of that. Is there any kind of, you know, what's kind of the vibe of the fans with the Seattle thing? It's been a sort of a tumultuous relationship between the, the fans of Seattle and the fans of Oklahoma City. Uh, there's still a lot of bitterness uh, coming from Seattle fans and, and just – and that's certainly a justified emotion. I, I don't question or challenge any any Sonics fan that that stops by the site and says, you know, you guys stole the team. Uh, you know, we we don't like you guys. Whatever. You know, emotions are valid. Emotions are always valid, and so we want to acknowledge and, and validate those things. Um, I was going to say, you know, in Denver we have the Avalanche, and I was going to compare it to uh, Quebec, you know, the Nordiques coming down to Denver, but then I'm like, well, actually, nobody even cares about hockey, so it's not really a good comparison. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I guess you have to look at the fact that I I think Seattle, I mean, this was their only pro team uh, that was was taken away, and it wasn't, and the team did not transition in, in a way that was very becoming for the league as a whole. And so that it just really stirred up the hornet's nest, and and so we get a lot of Seattle fans who come onto our site, and yeah, they they want to vent their frustrations, but there is a tendency to do it in a in a non-constructive manner. So then you you get this sort of cultural, socioeconomic uh, back and forth that's that's really not not he- as healthy. And of course, Oklahoma City fans, yeah, they want to stick up for themselves, and so they will fight back and. And you get these barbs going back and forth, and uh, you know there's there's just a lot of tension there. And and hopefully, if Seattle is able to regain a team, uh, that'll that'll help out with the situation. But uh, Oklahoma City fans, for the most part, they really want the Thunder to be considered their own team with their own history. They don't want Seattle's history. Uh, they want it to be a completely distinct uh, entity. And so that's that's where we try to push the conversation. Uh, going forward. Yeah, and this was kind of one of the first stories, I guess. It was really sort of out in the open. I mean, they had the the email, you know, we were able to, public was able to view private emails. And, you know, back in the day, teams switched cities all the time, and it just wasn't as public as it is now. It wasn't, people didn't know the backstory. So there should be some forgiveness there, I think. You know, I mean, eventually more teams are going to move cities, and it's just kind of nature of the business in the NBA. 
Yeah, but I think that even though, you know, business is business, it, it always hits you in a personal way when you've developed a relationship over, you know, 30-some, 40-some years with, with a franchise that's really sort of defined a city's professional fandom. And so it's important for, for Thunder fans to acknowledge that and to recognize it. Uh, but at the same time, there there needs to be a little bit of grace and understanding on both sides of the equation, so that it doesn't just become this uh, you know this commentary flame war or something like that. So you guys have a, a rivalry, or a, you know you have this back and forth with Seattle fans. And now speaking of just basketball stuff, there's there's kind of a rivalry that's you know Oklahoma City beat the Denver Nuggets two years ago in the playoffs. Oklahoma City this season goes all the way to the NBA Finals. Pretty bright future for that team. How are things going? And I remember I, I spoke with Daniel Gallinari before last season and asked him about a rivalry you know, between the Nuggets and Thunder, and he didn't really want to admit to that yet. But is there kind of a rivalry there, and where do you see things kind of going for the Thunder from here? I'll go on the record and say I really hope that one develops because I think that – uh, the Denver versus Thunder dynamic is really good for basketball. Um, I, I know it, uh, two years ago didn't it didn't end in your you guys' favor, but I, I thought we were treated some really high level basketball uh, in the in that uh, first round two seasons ago, and I was really pulling for you guys to, to knock off the Lakers this past season because that could have that could have made an outstanding second round series between the two teams. And uh, I think there's just something about the style of play between the two teams. It gets the the offense really revved up, and and all of the uh, the offensive playmakers are really allowed to shine. And there's something about playing Denver that really seems to bring out the best in Kevin Durant, and that's that's always good to see when one of the best players in the league has the ability to play his best ball against the team. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, of how uh, Michael Jordan would go against the, the Cleveland Cavaliers back in the day. And there's just something about it that allowed him to just kick it up a notch. And I see the same sort of thing developing against the Nuggets. And we got to hope that Denver turns out a little bit better than those Cavs teams. And we can't forget about <laughs> Russell Westbrook either. I mean, he always seems to, to play fantastic against the Nuggets. I think those two guys typically average, like, I don't know, 90 points against Denver. <laughs> So it's it's kind of yeah. It gets kind of crazy. And I know your fan base and your fan base just loves West, Russell Westbrook, don't they? Yeah, I think he's he's developed uh, three or four different nicknames on our site. Uh, you know, none of them very yeah, positive. Them <laughs> yeah, not all of them are printable. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you see this Thunder team going? I mean, it, it was pretty exciting on draft night. You guys get, you know, Perry Jones the third falls all the way to you at twenty eighth. This is a guy that, you know, as, as, as soon as two, two months earlier, he was maybe thinking about being about a top 10 pick. He falls to the thunder. Uh, reports are coming out now that maybe his knees are only going to last three or four years. How's he been looking in the summer league so far, and are you guys excited about having him on the team? I, I think we're definitely cautiously optimistic about it. And uh, go, going into any sort of uh, – player acquisition process for the Thunder because they've got so many pieces already in place. Uh, I, I felt like they really approached it saying, we, we need two pieces. We need a backup for Kevin Durant, some sort of small forward who can come in and, and provide some offense. And they also needed, in my opinion, they needed a, some more rebounding on, off the bench. And so they've been stocking up at the small forward position and getting uh, Perry Jones um, is supposed to help with, out with that. Now, certainly, it doesn't excite you when when people say, "Oh, you know, he's probably got three or four years." In him. <laughs> um, yeah, hope, hopefully that's not true, uh, especially with the advancement in, in medicine today. Uh, but from what we've seen, he uh, he's down in Orlando right now, and he's been playing the summer league. Unfortunately, he just tweaked an ankle uh, in yesterday's game, so he played. He's basically played one and a half, one one and a half games so far, and he looked solid in the first game. He looked a little passive in the second game, and honestly, that's probably all we're going to see from him this week to make sure he doesn't re-injure anything. So, going into the season, do you think that he'll play a bit of a role? I know that you know they they primarily have used Nick Collison and a little bit of Nazi Muhammad off the bench. Really, kind of injecting this guy into that lineup seems to give them, you know, kind of just a hustle player, somebody that's going to be able to do something a little bit different than Nick Collison, you know, maybe play above the rim, maybe, you know, hit a few big shots here and there. 
What's kind of the vibe going forward with the Thunder with Perry Jones and kind of as a whole as well? Do you guys expect to be right back in the NBA Finals next season? I think uh, Jones' prospects probably lie on his willingness to commit to rebounding and defense because if you think about it, he's really going to be filling the position that, that Jeff Green filled uh, in the past couple seasons where he was sort of the the, the next uh, offensive option behind Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. And so it looks like he has the ability to do that, but he, the only way he's going to see a lot of court time is if he commits to the defensive end because that's really where the Thunder have struggled historically, and um, especially during the regular season. So he should get some opportunity to, to earn his minutes, but if he can't commit to the defense – I really don't see him having a whole lot of impactful minutes during the regular season because, uh, as you stated, the Thunder are now considered a championship contender. They've been there once. They hopefully learned some valuable lessons from that process, but that's that's the standard now. That's 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 what a, a successful season is going to be based on is whether they have a shot to win the championship. So what kind of off-season moves have the Thunder been making? What's kind of the vibe with Eric Maynard and Derek Fisher and any other kind of pieces that are moving right now? Uh, from all the reports that I've seen, it looks like Maynard's recovery is on schedule. Uh, for those that don't know, he tore his ACL in the ninth game of this past season and was lost for the rest of the season. And uh, Maynard, he's not a high riser or anything like that. He doesn't depend a whole lot on his on his jumping ability or anything like that. So hopefully his recovery will be, will be complete, and it looks like it's on schedule. So he'll return to be the backup point guard behind Westbrook. And, uh, and actually the Thunder just signed another player, um, <clears throat> a, uh, an undrafted free agent out of Georgetown, uh, named Hollis Thompson, and Thompson, I believe, fills out the 15-man roster. So any guy who was not previously signed under contract is is probably not going to be back with the team, and that's going to include Derek Fisher. Uh, Fisher was only signed for a season uh, at a prorated uh, contract rate. And so unless something changes, whether uh, if there's some sort of trade or something like that, it looks like Derek Fisher is not going to be back next year. You think that's a good thing? I mean, I, I kind of saw Fisher. I mean, he played a lot of minutes in the playoffs. He maybe took some, uh, a, maybe took on a bigger role than he should have. Maybe through Scott Brooks, maybe because he thought he should. Is it a good move not to bring him back? I think so. Um, Fisher was really a um, a divisive uh, discussion point for Thunder fans this past year. Uh, what happened was he came in uh, after Mena went down and the rookie point guard that they had drafted a year ago, Reggie Jackson, just wasn't quite up to the task of being able to lead the second unit, especially in the playoffs. That was that was fully apparent. So what they did was they brought in Fisher, and they gave Fisher both uh, Mayner and Jackson's minutes, but they also gave him a few extra minutes, which cut uh, into the time of another player named Daquan Cook. And Daquan Cook was sort of the designated three-point shooter. And so what happened was Fisher was expected to provide the both the, the minutes for the point guard role but also as the shooting guard role uh, because a lot of the time the, the offense was still being run through James Harden on the second unit. And he provided stability, but the second unit lost a lot of its offensive punch so that if James Harden didn't have a really good game, the bench really underperformed. And so I think as we saw in the playoffs, Fisher just couldn't provide that level of offensive output that the team needed at times, especially in the finals when the Thunder had no three-point shooting to speak of that could match what the Heat were throwing out there. And so I, I think it's it's a necessary move. I mean, if, yeah. if I had to go back in time and look at – yeah, you know, the Fisher acquisition. Would I would I think they would have done the same thing? Probably it did give them stability, but it really limited the, the second unit upside. Yeah, not a bad move not to bring him back. It was good to have him fill in there. Um, another guy I know Colorado people are going to be paying attention to is Reggie Jackson, who uh, has been doing some pretty good things in the summer league. Some highlight a highlight dunk, I believe, a day or two ago. He's from Colorado Springs, of course. But uh, Sherman, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. And what's your prediction for the Thunder next season? Give us a, give us a prediction for that team. 
Did we lose him? I think we may have lost him on the cell phone there. Oh, man. I didn't even get to ask him what his favorite basketball movie was. We can try to hit him back up. We might try to get uh, <laughs> J.A. Sherman back on the line from Welcome to Loud City. Yeah, J.A. Sherman, Welcome to Loud City. I think we did lose him, uh, but uh, that's okay because we had a good solid almost 20 minutes with him, and uh, he was fantastic. He's got um, to expect the Thunder just to go right back to the finals next year. I mean, that's status quo for them going forward until it doesn't happen, but great stuff from him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, follow him on Twitter or uh, his blog at WTLC, and that's welcometoloudcity.com. We're going to do a uh, quick little break here because in a, uh, in a couple of minutes here, we're going to be talking to Tim Allen from another Northwest uh, uh, blog, division blog for the NBA, com, Canis Hoopus. And so uh, we'll get Tim Allen uh, right after this. Just Can't wait Very sorry here. This is Ross in Post Pro. Just want to let you guys know we uh, had a little technical difficulties here. Cut off the beginning part of uh, Tim Allen's interview here. But uh, you're going to come in right now with him talking about Kevin Love. Thanks for listening. Drastic happens in the next three years. See him opt out and go to uh, Los Angeles would be a natural target. He's from the West Coast. He has a lot of family there. His girlfriend lives there. And uh, Kobe's contract will be up by then. So I think there's legitimate worry that he's going to be bolting for L.A. or another team in three years. So is that kind of the the feeling? Was that maybe these comments, I kind of took him as more for him trying to light a fire under the front office's butt. But do you think it was he was really saying, don't win now, I'm out of here after three years? And another another item, too, is Nuggets fans, our fans on Denver Stiffs, have kind of been clamoring ever since they've – you know, this news kind of came out. They're saying, well, this is a superstar that perhaps the Nuggets could get. So what what could you see as being a, a, a realistic trade just to maybe maybe throw some water on those Nuggets fans to tell them, hey, slow down. You're not going to get love for nothing. What's a realistic trade you could see for yeah. team love? I, I have a hard time seeing them trading love for anything. I think he, uh, David Kahn has declared him untouchable this offseason a couple of times, and I, I think Rick Adelman would, would quit as soon as he heard that they were planning on trading Kevin Love. Um, if they did trade him, though, they would want a bounty in return. Um, you know, they think he's a top-ten player. He probably is. Um, so they'd want a package similar to uh, what your team got for Carmelo Anthony. They'd be looking for young players, draft picks, um, and, and that kind of a package. All right, so Denver Stiffs fans, Kevin Love, untouchable. I don't want to see any more trade rumors about him on my site for right now. Maybe we can sign him in a few years if we have four or five dump trucks full of $1,000 bills. So what else is going on with your, with your Timberwolves? We saw you know, Michael Beasley leaves a team. He's going to what, the, the uh, Phoenix Suns. They make a move yep. to bring in Chase Budner for the 18th pick, and all of a sudden there's all this Nicholas Batum talk. What's the off-season vibe with your with your T-Pups? It's a lot of uncertainty right now. Um, the Budinger trade I thought was a pretty good trade. Um, the likelihood of getting a guy at 18 who would be better than Budinger is, is fairly low considering who was making the draft pick. Um, so <laughs> I, was, I was happy to add a veteran. Uh, we, they drafted Robbie Hummel. I don't think he'll be much of a factor right away, um, but he's a nice kid. He, he's older, so he has a little bit more veteran poise, um, but I, I wouldn't imagine much from him. We signed Alexei uh, Shaved, a, a Russian player, kind yeah, of he's a combo the, guard, a little bit like a Goran Dragic type. They've called him maybe the, the uh, Russian Rubio is what I've kind of been hearing today. Yeah, except he can't play any defense, so um, that that might be a problem. But uh, he can handle the ball pretty well. Adelman's uh, pretty excited about him coming off a lot of the screens that Adelman sets up in his offense. He thinks he'll flow pretty well off those ball screens, so that could be pretty exciting. And then uh, Brandon Roy um, is coming to Minnesota, too, uh, $10 million over two years, which seems like a lot for a guy who has no cartilage in his knees. And, and retired because you know, of medical reasons. But um, if it all works out, that could be pretty good if Roy has anything left. But I think right now the biggest thing is Nicholas Batum. Um, 
Portland said they're going to match any offer, but they're trying to work out a sign and trade right now. The latest I've heard is that the Wolves are trying to uh, – there's a deal um, that's, a, that's just floating around right now. A couple of first-round picks and a veteran wing from a third team who may or may not be Kyle Korver um, to Portland and then Batum to, to Minnesota. But right now that's just – um, being discussed. Yeah, we have a isn't really close to finalization. We have a lot of Nuggets fans hoping that that wing player is perhaps Wilson Chandler, and the Nuggets might get some picks mm. and clear up some roster okay. space. But I don't see that happening. Uh, sorry about that. Sorry to interrupt you there. <laughs> oh no, that's fine. That's fine. Other than that, um, the Wolves are, they've been looking at Greg Stiesma, um, the center who played with Boston last year, and they apparently have made an offer to John Lucas the third but they're kind of waiting to sign him until all the other stuff clears up, but they, they're interested in him, um, which signals that Luke Ridenauer or J.J. Beret is probably going to be traded before the season begins. So that's so, uh, basically the recap of what they've done. So are the Wolves trying with, with Chase Budner and with Steamsma as well? Are they trying to get a bunch of white players in Minnesota? Is that kind of the thing <laughs> that's going on there? It's, it's really eerie. We have like nine or ten white players now. Um, if they bring in Steams, well, that'd be ten, I think, if you include uh, Rubio and Berea. Uh, it, it seems coincidental, but it, you can't ignore that. <laughs> it's a little creepy. Yeah, especially in today's NBA, where you know this isn't the 1950s. Today's NBA, <laughs> uh, yesterday's NBA, right. the 1970s NBA as well. Uh, what's kind of what is your feeling about Rick Adelman? Do you like him with this group? I, I remember there, there was a bunch of Nuggets fans also relating everything to the Nuggets here, but Nuggets fans were were perhaps wanting to bring in Adelman when he was let go from Houston. And the thing that we heard from Houston fans was that he had a very frustrating rotation. He kind of played guys inconsistently. What's he been like with this Timberwolves team, and do you like him as a coach there? I like him as a coach. Um, the rotation issues I can certainly understand. Uh, he was still starting Wesley Johnson late into the season, and that was just bewildering to everybody because Wesley Johnson is just an awful basketball player. And, and there were times when you would scratch your head at, at what they were doing. Um, but he has improved the defense of this team just immeasurably. We were so bad the year before. We couldn't stop anybody. This year we were a lot better. Rubio was a part of that, and once he went down, it kind of digressed a little bit. But you could totally tell that rotation-wise, they are making the right moves. Um, and it doesn't hurt that Kurt Rambis was his predecessor and he had no clue what he was doing. But Adelman has certainly brought in a lot more in terms of game planning, and you can see the guys are giving a lot more effort as well. So I, I love the signing. I think he's working out pretty well here. You know, Ricky Rubio was a, a hot topic last season. He was a guy that maybe was making a push for Rookie of the Year tears his ACL perhaps Kobe did it on purpose we're not not quite sure on that one but what's his timetable for a return he should be ready to go pretty soon I don't know if it's going to be opening day but it'll be in November for sure um how soon it'll take him to get back to 100 percent obviously that'll take some some time but uh he'll be back playing and Rubio's game isn't like Derrick Rose, where it's he's, he's a lot more athletic, he's a lot more above the rim. Rubio has always been kind of a below-the-rim type of player, so it's not going to affect him quite as much, but I wouldn't expect 100% until late in the season. How about some of the losses from this team? Are you guys going to miss Michael Beasley at all, and what do you expect to happen with Anthony Randolph? No. <laughs> we aren't <laughs> going to miss Michael Beasley at all. I, I like the guy. He's, he's a he's an entertaining fellow. He's a good good got to talk to in the locker room but in terms of his play i couldn't be happier to see him gone um he just brought nothing every once in a while he'd have a nice scoring night but other than that he played no defense whatsoever and for a guy who rebounded as well as he did at kansas state he really never did for the timberwolves he was just kind of in and out he didn't really give the effort he was spacey he yelled at the rims when he missed shots it was just kind of a weird experience with beasley and and uh, good luck, Phoenix. I, I, I think they're. I think they think they're getting a player who's better than he is. So you do have. You, you did mention that Beasley's a good guy to talk to in the locker room. You are a guy that's uh, yeah. is a credentialed writer. How'd you go about that process? And how do you how do you like being a blogger that's credentialed? And is that uh, different than what you're doing before you got credentials? Um, it's different. I started out with the links. 
Um, I got credentialed with them. Our blog also covers the Minnesota Lynx. And I think That's by the, doing uh, that, I can, we got to. Just for people listening, the, the Lynx, team. of course, yeah, WNBA team. Oh. Yeah, they, they won the, the WNBA championship last year. Um, so probably the best team in Minnesota right now. But uh, anyway, um, started out covering them and uh, kind of just showed that our blog can be professional and, and can uphold the standards that they want and then went about uh, for the NBA and they, they brought us aboard. The relationship's still kind of interesting. I don't think they fully trust blogs quite yet. Um, there is a lot of garbage out there, so I don't, don't blame them for that. There are a lot of blogs who really don't produce good content, but I think we're starting to get a foothold because they see our content is professional and well done and we're not just reporting uh, terrible trade rumors or, or going at the organization uh, willy-nilly. Um, we have a structure to what we do, and I think they appreciate that. In terms of how it's changed, how I write, it really hasn't. Um, I don't think we muzzle ourselves at all. We're, we're critical, and we, we have to be. We, we've certainly uh, been very critical of David Kahn and his decisions, so I don't think it's really stopped us from writing what we would have anyway. And are the uh, are the Timberwolves in the the Vegas Summer League? They are. Yep. Okay. So yeah, you guys. Their first game's on the seventeenth. On the seventeenth. Okay. Yeah, the Nuggets actually getting underway here a little bit sooner. So are you going to be out there? Are you going to Vegas to cover the team, or is anybody from Canis Hoopas out there? Yeah, I'll be there. I'm gonna um, get there Monday. Will be the first day. I'll be there, um, and then I'll be there through the following Sunday. So I'll be there quite a bit. I'm staying at the uh, SB Nation's rented a house and. Uh, bunch of our bloggers are, are going to be staying there in <laughs> kind of a real-world uh, Las Vegas situation, <laughs> so that ought to be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, I've been to a couple summer leagues, and they're, they're great fun. It's uh, The basketball sometimes leaves a little to be de- uh, to be desired, but the people watching and obviously the atmosphere of Vegas, it's just fantastic. All right, Tim, so we'll probably wrap this up with two final questions. I'm going to throw one at you, and then I know Ross has one that he's waiting to ask you as well. What do you see for the Minnesota Timberwolves next season? Give us a little bit of a prediction. Uh, it, it's going to depend, obviously, on what happens with Batum and some of these other signings. But I think it will be kind of a slow start uh, with Rubio coming back and adjusting. Uh, Nikola Pekovic had surgery in this summer, so he's going to be coming back and, and getting into the swing of things. Kevin Love's doing the Olympic thing, so he'll be a little tired. So I think at the beginning it could be a little slow, but they'll start to pick that up. People get yeah, people like Brandon Roy will get into the rotation and kind of learn things a little bit better. So I, I could see us buying four in uh, the seventh or eighth spot in the playoffs. Um, towards the end of the season, I think once everything is sorted out, we're going to be a pretty uh, – not a, not a contending team for the title or anything like that, but a, a bottom-tier playoff team. Very cool. And uh, my question, I always ask everybody this. What is your favorite basketball movie of all time? I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, what is it? Uh, it's got to be White Men Can't Jump. Um, nice. I, I love the trash-talking scene in the beginning. I, I watched that a, a lot more than I probably should. <laughs> but, Very but yeah, that's a great movie. You've got to give us your take quickly on Hoosiers, the movie. Big topic here on Carlisle Sports Guys podcast. Uh-oh. Um, I like it. I don't love it. Um, which I know is kind of heresy around a lot of basketball fans. Um, it, it, but uh, I wouldn't put it in my top five. Oh, yes. Let me ask you. Like, this is a, always like a crazy thing. Timmons hates it. Nate Timmons hates that movie. He won't watch it. And I just I'm, I just wonder, like, okay, so it's not in your top five. Whatever. I, did you play basketball growing up? I did. You did. Okay, so that doesn't help my theory at all because Timmons never played you never played competitively, right? Oh, okay. oh yeah, I played competitively for years, man. For years between the ages of four and nine, and uh, just about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, our rec, our rec center games were much more competitive than anything that my high school is playing yeah. now. <laughs> good, good deal. All right, fine. Maybe I love the movie. Every time I, I watch it, all the time, uh, I still get emotional, and I, I will listen to the soundtrack in my car just to pump me up before I go okay. go to a job. But then uh, I hate to do this, Tim, because uh, I'm. I, I, I screwed up at the beginning and um uh i I didn't uh press the record button fast enough so would you mind just uh real quick just kind of rehashing um a little bit about your journey and how you got to uh uh, be the blogger for the timberwolves um i apologize for making you do this 
Oh, no, that's okay. Uh, yeah, I, I started out as a copywriter in my professional career. Um, that, that's what I went to college for. That's how I, I started that. I was also a season ticket holder for the Timberwolves, and uh, things just kind of progressed from there where I started writing about the Wolves. Um, people recognized it and, and liked it. And eventually, um, Nate, who runs uh, Canis Hoopas, asked me to, to come along, and then things just kind of flowed from there. Very cool. Awesome. And, uh, of course, uh, you're from Chicago. And uh, you abandoned the Bulls, but you still love the Cubs. True story. Quick question. Cubs and Rockies are battling for this worst record <laughs> in Major League Baseball. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, as far as Rockies fans go, everybody, I think, in the national level has always just assumed the Rockies have the worst record in baseball, even if they have a good season. Mm-hmm. Hi, hi, are you doing okay? <laughs> Is this just where the Cubs fans want to be, or, or what's up with that? If if you can't handle losing as a Cubs fan, you should get out. I mean, it's been over over a hundred years since they won a World Series. It's it's there've been a lot of losing seasons. So I mean, we're we're used to it by now. It, it it's always waiting until next year. Now, one of the things with the Rockies is they all they sell out almost every. They don't sell out, but they have twenty thousand people or ten thousand people every game, and people are staying around here. Well, that's why nothing's ever going to change is because the organization doesn't have to do anything. They still make the same amount of money whether we suck or not. Um, is is that what they say about, you know, in Chicago or, or Cub Nation? No, I don't think so. I mean, the Cubs spend a lot of money on players, at least they have over the years. I just think they target the wrong players, or maybe there's something about just being a Cubs player that bad things happen. But. <laughs> so the curse is alive. Well, Tim, thank you so much, man, for coming on. And we got to have you uh, back uh, you know, later on, maybe before the season. And, of course, if we keep in touch during the season, it would be great to follow the T-Wolves and, and uh, the whole Northwest Division. How's that sound? That sounds great. I'd love to come back. Good enough. Tim Allen from CanisHoopus.com. Twitter him, Tim Allen Online. Tim, you have a good one, buddy. All right, you too. Thank you. I'm so impressed with all the, like, you know, J.A. Sherman came on. Tim Allen came on. I mean, I've heard you talk about Nuggets, and there's nothing that rivals the passion and, you know, the not just the passion that you guys have for it, but the the way you guys speak about it, bloggers in general, he was talking about bloggers and, you know, maybe he's talking about the Timberwolves organization, weary of bloggers. And how much research would it take a PR guy or a marketing guy within an organization to figure, differentiate between the fly-by-night uh, gossip bloggers and the guys that are truly covering it? I feel like the NBA and all these uh, league, you know, the NFL, all these teams need to just spend about – half an hour to go through and find the best ones and start credentialing everybody here that is really contributing to it. So um, Tim Allen, you know, great. I mean, yeah. does anybody know more about the T-Wolves than Tim Allen? And does anybody know more about um, the, the Thunder than Jay Sherman and you and your team over there with the Nuggets? It's like there's nobody. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Like nobody nobody knows more and you guys are passionate about it. So I'll never, I'll never understand. I think they'll come around, though. Yeah, and the NBA does a pretty good job. I mean, I think that they're a lot more open than at least locally here. We hear about the Avalanche not, you know, really allowing too many bloggers in there. I don't think any bloggers really at all. And it's it's kind of funny to me because I'm like, well, it's the, you know, Kroenke Sports Entertainment, and how is the basketball side? You know, dipping their toes in the water, and the hockey side isn't. So hopefully well, they come it, around again. It's it's the hockey thing. They're just like they they don't even have. Cell phones, I don't think. <laughs> You're just, one day, some They're hockey player is going to come up and just punch you square in the face. <laughs> hopefully. I'm going to try to stay on the good side. Yay, hopefully hockey. He's very, <laughs> hopefully he's a starter and uh, I can sue him. Yes, for hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> that, the, that, the, that the Avalanche paid. Well, you know what I won't accept is season tickets to the Avs <laughs> as payment. I'll tell you that. I don't want to go there. It, Watch that. Anyway. But yeah, I love that love, stuff. Love man. hockey too. Love love hockey. Yeah. yeah. I could talk to guys, you know, like like Sherman and Tim Allen. I could talk to those guys all day about basketball. That's basically what we do on uh, we have an SB Nation, uh our our basketball league's always emailing each other and there's, you know, talk going back and forth and you get into these one on one emails with guys and go off for forever. But that's kinda what it's all about, you know, is just basketball nerds getting able to chat hoops with each other, so Loves having them on, loves hearing that talk, and especially about the Northwest Division because it's going to be competitive next year in between the Thunder, 
Nuggets, and probably the Timberwolves as well. They're an improving team, so look out for them. Very good. So um, fun times. Bloggers killing it. We can all agree on that. Uh, this is episode 49. 49. We're uh, about here 50. About to and, have a midlife crisis. Yeah, and then uh, in a couple of weeks, it'll be our one year. We've done this for a year, Timmons. I can believe that, yeah. Good for us, man. Yeah, there we go. Look at that. I mean, uh, we first started out every other week, so that's why we're not coming up on 52 for our one-year birthday. Did we go every other at the beginning? The first two, I think we did one, and then we waited two weeks, and did, then we did the second one. Ah. And I'm putting together a little uh, a little highlight reel. A clip show? I, I think I would call it more of a low-light reel. I just saw a good clip show of Seinfeld the other day. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. God, I love that show. So I'm putting together uh, some of our early stuff. <laughs> and I'm not saying we are, you know, professionals here. We're, We're the, the uh, but Col- it, uh, Colorado <laughs> sports guys. Welcome to the, That's me. Uh, welcome to the uh, uh, po- pod- podcast. <laughs> But it's pretty funny. I can't wait to play it. Maybe we'll do that next week or the week after. But uh, it's 49. Let's get out of here. You want to dedicate this uh, to anyone in particular? I'd like to dedicate this one, Ross, to a city. A city where castles are real. <laughs> where Caesar's Palace is a place that you can oh, visit. Yeah. Somewhere where the weather is hot, but the water hopefully is cool. Is, is uh, evaporating. Is evaporating. <laughs> Somewhere where... You can get as drunk as you'd like, but you can't cuss at the blackjack table. <laughs> no, no phones, no sunglasses. We're dedicating this to Blackhawk, Colorado, right? Blackhawk, Colorado. <laughs> Five limit bets on the tables, ladies and gentlemen. Five dollar limits. <laughs> All right. So Las Vegas, Vegas, here I come, <laughs> and I'll see you guys next week.